comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and as always this is abe what's up out now is a film podcast as abe and i discussing new movies weekly we also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers box office results and predictions a call back to past films similar to the main film of the week games and other fun stuff this is episode 56 and the main film of the week is dark shadows the uh new tim burton johnny depp film which is a uh basically a remake of the popular cult TV series from back in the 60s, 70s era. And uh, joining us tonight to discuss Dark Shadows, we have from Things I Know About the Movies and Moviesmackdown.com and Orange County's own Demon Barber of Newport Beach Boulevard, Adam Gentry. Good people of the internet, hello. How you doing? Doing good, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, this is, of course, our special Mother's Day episode, because what better way to celebrate Mother's Day than to watch a film about vampires and witches and other things doing stuff in Maine. <laughs> well, but it's about yeah, family. It's about, it's it's about, about family. family. <laughs> it is. It's about family. That's true. All right. So there you go. Um, so let's see. A few announcements. iTunes reviews and ratings. Of course, easy to do. Nice. Helps out the show. Send, you know, 15 seconds of your time. Give us a star rating on iTunes, maybe even a little sentence or something. That'd be awesome to help out the show. Also, um, once again, uh, out now, out now podcast at gmail.com. We can always send in your questions. It's always fun to answer them and do, you know, stuff with that. So, you know, feel free to write away. That's, it's always nice. And I think that's it for, oh, you know, um, let's see. If people listen to these podcasts in chronological order, you probably might have just been able to hear our summer movie gamble, which we all, Adam and as well as Alan and Mark all participated in, and that was a fun time. So hopefully you guys, you know, come up with your own top ten box office summer list thing because that'd be pretty cool. And you know, you can write those in as well. So there, there. Think that's good. Right? <laughs> that think good, that's yeah. <laughs> think, think that's enough. <laughs> Okay, so then let's get down to it. Let's do some know everybody, where each week we try to ask each other some questions and get to better know everybody. So let's start with Adam. Okay, so Aaron, if you had to choose between being a teen werewolf or a mid-40s vampire, what would, what would you choose and why? Between those two? I, I don't recall tossing out a third option, so yeah, between those two. <laughs> <laughs> well... As a fan of Michael J. Fox, yes. I would have to automatically say Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'd have to stand on there. The only reason because I can finally do handstands on moving vehicles. <laughs> you mean you won't be able to dunk like crazy? Well, I could do that anyway. Abe, oh, so. forgot. <laughs> All right, so that's obviously the right answer. So I'll just move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Abe. Yep. What Tim Burton film would you want to see a sequel to? Good question, and I don't know why, but the first thing that popped in my head was Nightmare Before Christmas. kind of want to see where Jack and Sally go. 
Well, that's, that's not, not technically Tim Burton, a Tim Burton film. All right, all right. I always <laughs> that's a Henry Selleck directed film. Let's see. Hmm. Sure, you get technical, but come on. Based on a story by but, Tim yeah. Burton. <laughs> You're saying you don't want to know what happens to Marky Mark and Planet of the Apes no, Part 2? No, definitely two. not. Yeah. I think that he goes and has a musical. I don't know, the other one that comes into my head is Beetlejuice, but that one was ended pretty well, so I really would not see, would not want to see anything else with that. Do you have any that you have in mind? Well, there's been a lot of talk about Beetlejuice, too. Like, that's actually happening. Is that actually but happening? Well, that ended so well. And plus, Bob Keaton gets eaten by a sandworm, so how does that work? Well, he's still there at the end. He's Beetlejuice. But yeah, but he's like waiting in line. He's like number two billion, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it'd just be an entire movie about him in the waiting room. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Plus, now he's a shrunken head. <laughs> All right. Or it could be, it could be, or how about Ed, Edward Scissorhands? Oh, uh, no, that, that's, Ant, that's too we're, nice we're, of a movie it'd be, it'd be, But But no, be, you have Anthony Michael Hall's twin brother comes for revenge. Uh. <laughs> it's like some over. completely off the wall goofball movie. <laughs> Hey, here, here's a here's a question for you guys. You've both seen Edward Scissorhands, yeah. right? I, I have not. <gasps> You've not you seen Edward Scissorhands. Not? Okay, I think I recall oh. this actually. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> at the at the end, not really spoilers, but you see Edward uh, carving snow sculptures, yeah. ice sculptures, in his you know his attic. Right. How did he get those ice sculptures up there? He doesn't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get up all the all the into like the highest attic in the giant mountain that he lives? So basically, you just. On his scissors. You, he probably balanced them on the scissors and just like walked up his piles really slow. <laughs> he used a tractor-controlled, scissor-controlled <laughs> thing. Okay, yeah, good one. Way to solve that. All right. Uh, your question. All right, uh, Adam. Yes. Sir. Are there any other television shows, dark or you know just regular, that you want to see adapted for the big screen that has not already been adapted for the big screen? <laughs> regular. <laughs> I know. We're extra crazy. <laughs> Best question ever. Uh, well, I mean, the one that comes to mind that I really love, but fortunately the one they're already doing is uh, Rest of Development. I'm really looking forward to seeing True. where that goes. But fortunately they're already doing it, so... I don't know if that's technically an answer to your question. And in, like, the best kind of way possible where you literally have, like, a season for other audiences to catch up on these characters and then do a movie. That's very intriguing. I don't really think I... I don't really like the idea of doing another season. I mean, I love the idea that I'm getting more content, but I just... For me, I think if you're going to do the movie, do the movie. If you're going to do the show, do the show. But doing both is kind of weird. So that's one that I'm really, really down with. As far as other shows go... I'm not a huge TV guy, oh. and Star Trek, which is my favorite, you know, franchise of all time. There's already already been, you know, a million movies and whatnot. So, but so far, I mean, I would go with the rest of the development, and I'm in luck because they're doing it. How many good ones have there been? A Star Trek films? Yeah. <laughs> um, hang on a second. One, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's been about seven good ones. Holy crap! Not Eleven, I'd say. It's a lot. It's more than I than I thought. I've never seen all the Star Trek films. Well, there's like there's some of them that you would do well to kind of just avoid because you know life is short and you only get so much time. <laughs> Thanks, Ferris. <laughs> but there's some really you know there's a couple of them that are really really great and you know a couple of them that really play well to non trekkie audiences too. Hmm. Okay. 
So my other question is for Mr. Abraham. Yo. I'm curious, what's your favorite Helena Bonham Carter performance in one of her man's movies? That's a good question. In one of Tim Burton's movies? Yeah. What, does she have another man? I'm curious. <laughs> I, was just making sure I, I was just making sure I heard that right. Um, you, have, you have seven choices, Abe. Huh. I'm going to have to pull up a list here. Is she going to be in Frankenweenie? Uh, there's no report that she or Johnny Depp are in Frankenweenie. No. Really? No. I, mean, I, think, I think we could take a break from <laughs> all of them. <laughs> it's, it's like Woody Allen and, you know, Diane Keaton or Mia Farrow or Scarlett Johansson after a point. Dark Come Shadows, on. Alice in Wonderland... Sweeney Todd, Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Big Fish, Planet of the Apes. I'm going to go with Big Fish on that one. Uh, she's like that weird recluse and then weird witch recluse. Um, I thought about, the other one I thought about was was uh, Sweeney Todd as well because she plays that, that really weird, you know, I go Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah I think she's I fantastic. Love, I love yeah, she's got that weird, I, like, groupy feel to her. Um, and it's kind of really weird. I think she's just—I think she's fantastic in Sweeney Todd. I, I think she missed out on a nomination for that movie. She really captures the just the angst and the the the, the tortured nature of yeah. her emotions it's so well. This isn't a, a Tim Burton movie, but did either of you guys ever see Conversations About Other Women? No, I did not. Which one is that? Which one? Uh, Aaron Eckhart and um, Helena Bonham Carter. The entire no, I, I, I know that movie. I haven't seen that movie. No, it's the entire film has got. It's basically there's two shots side by side, so you see what each character sees or like from different perspectives, and it's it's her the finest performance I've ever seen her give, and it's just a fantastic movie. Oh, that's an interesting concept for a film. Always side by side visuals, huh? What's well, great too, because like. They a lot of times there are times when the visuals are they seem to be identical, but then they diverge slightly. Like there's a point where like they're kind of both like just laying next to one another and like holding on to each other, and in one of them she gets up and walks over to the window, and in the next one she gets up and walks over to the window after like thirty seconds, and they look like they were identical. So it's like about that that divergence between memory and fact, and it's really cool. That sounds really cool. I want to check that out. Conversations, conversations about other women. Okay. About other women. Or with other women, or it's... Let me look. Conversations with other women. I'll have to check that out. It's awesome. I am adding... It's on Netflix Instant Watch. My favorite kind of thing. Added. Top. Favorite, really? What about cookies? <laughs> well, those are good, too. What, what, what kind of thing is that? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, Netflix Instant Watch, cookies. You, you don't have the you don't have you don't have the Netflix instant cookie subscription. Watch. <laughs> that's that's where every time you pop in an, an instant watch, you like a cookie gets mailed to your door automatically. Instantly, like instant, instantly, yeah. Best concept ever. Why are we not doing this? Yeah, suck it, Redbox. All right, let's move on to my next question, uh, Adam. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp have worked together eight times now. Um, what would be a really fun, unexpected actor-director pairing? Ooh, let me, let me think here for a minute. Ooh, 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 yeah. ooh. <laughs> um, Paul Thomas Anderson and Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks. 
I mean, Tom Hanks has been playing it. Well, I, I, I don't want to say playing it safe like it's a bad thing because he's one of my favorite actors of all time. And I absolutely love his work. But he doesn't really play characters with a really dark edge. I mean, the, the furthest to the dark side he kind of goes is the military veteran with, you know, unresolved issues. But I'd love to see him get inside of one of Paul Thomas Anderson's kind of twisted, kind of really bizarre characters. I think he could carry the film really well. It would challenge him in, in really interesting directions. Um, I don't know what it'd be about, but I'd go with I'd go with those two. It's an interesting yeah, one. That's a cool mashup. What about you, dude? Um, let's see. Tom Hanks played it kind of dark and the Coen Brothers. Everyone's favorite Coen Brothers film, The Lady Killers. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was a little bit more of like a caricature. I know, uh, yeah. As I, the Coen characters tend to be. And and that movie sucks. But um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, U.A. Bowl with uh, Aaron Newer. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a weird... Th- that now I have like Paul Giamatti stuck in my head, something like Paul Giamatti and like David Fincher or Christopher Nolan. That'd be, that'd be cool. like ultra-tense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Especially if you had like a uh, mad Giamatti. Yeah, be angry, Paul Giamatti. All right, so yeah, that's I guess where my head's at. Is that everybody? Adam, you should, you there, are, there should be a, a movie where Paul Giamatti and Zach Galifianakis like face off. Huh. Well, speaking of face offs, let's move on to trailer talk. In our first trailer, mm-hmm. we can talk about the campaign, which features Zach Galifianakis facing off against Will Ferrell in a political comedy that. Um, yeah, it's about uh, Will Ferrell basically plays a congressman who's been winning for the past four years, but Zach Galifianakis comes in running against him in the latest election. And the film is directed by Jay Roach, who previously did um, we did the Meet the Parent, the first Meet the Parents film, and uh, the Austin Powers films, and he also did Recount, the uh, 2008 HBO film that was about the uh, the recount between Bush and Gore in that election, which is a really good film actually. Um, so yeah, with all that in mind, um, Abe, what did you think of this trailer? Uh, it looks kind of like one of uh, uh, Will Ferrell's old sketches on SNL when he was playing President Bush, which I found really funny, actually. Um, but I don't know how much of a flatline this could really have. It's the lead-up to an election. They're probably going to be some comedic hijinks that ensue. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I really like Zach Galifianakis. I, I kind of always... Anybody who looks like Zach Galifianakis with the mustache always reminds me of uh, the guy from Parks and Rec. I forget his name right now. Nick Offerman. Swanson. Yeah, um, you can't forget Ron Swanson. That'd be awesome if they actually just have like a cameo with him in there, just being like a super ultra libertarian. Um, super ultra libertarian, yeah. best hero ever. <laughs> but uh, as far as the trailer goes, uh, it had some laughs. It's kind of really weird, like in a, you know, with with uh, Zach Galifianakis, you know, hugging the Capitol building. It's it's kind of a, I, I kind of get a an uneasy vibe about how it's gonna do and how good it's gonna be though. Adam. I really thought it looked fun, and I don't normally get into the whole Will Ferrell comedic thing. I like him more in stuff like Stranger Than Fiction or Everything Must Go, where he's you know trying to be a little more serious. But I was surprised at how much fun this movie appears to be. I mean, I don't know if I'll pay money to go see it in the theater, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it at some point. You know, as always, if a beautiful woman <laughs> asked me out on a date and took me, I'd gladly go. Pipe dreams. No, I'm just kidding, Adam. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're, you're you're not too far from the truth. It's a pipe dream. It's a nice <laughs> pipe dream. But I mean, it looks fun, and the whole angle with with Zach Galifianakis being, 
I mean, and not only that too, but I don't know if you guys ever watch uh, Between Two Ferns. Yes. Yeah. So awkward. But he had he he did he pretended to be Zach Galifianakis's brother, Seth. and it's this character spot on. Like that's this character is that dude. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm like okay with this trailer. Like, cause I was kind of annoyed by Zach Galifianakis's character. I basically got playing Seth from Between Two Two Ferns. Like it's. It just seemed kind of irritating watching it. And I was already like, oh, I don't really like what Zach Alvadak is doing here. <clears throat> and I also think that the, uh, they both, the characters both seem kind of unlikable, and which is already a bad sign for me for enjoying this movie. I'm not going to like it, especially Will Ferrell's character, even though like he's playing kind of a prototypical Will Ferrell character, which is not like a bad thing because I like Will Ferrell movies, but like watching this trailer, I didn't really like these people that I'm supposed to be like watching for the next hour and a half. But that said, I like the premise and I like the concept of having Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis face off in a camp, an intense campaign. But Abe, you brought up Parks and Recreation and that, that show just did a whole season about an election campaign very successfully Abe, did you see the finale yet? I haven't Parks yet, no. But, uh, okay, well, if I teared up, you're going to be blubbering like a little girl when you watch the season finale. <laughs> Just in terms of how effective that show is at pulling off really good emotional factors as well as, you know, the comedy that it's, you know, really good at. But, um, so having seen that and being very satisfied with that show, like watching a whole movie with characters that I'm not invested in so far, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, look, I'll I'll see it when it comes out. Like, uh, and like again, I mentioned Jay Roach's um, his work on his work on the Recount, which is an election based film. That really impressed me, just because it's something more than just the Austin Power films or meet the, actually meet the parents came to mind too. Watching the trailer just because that movie it's very mean spirited watching that movie. So it's like watching camp the campaign trail. I'm like, well, this seems to fit right there. But yeah, so I, I'm kind of in a wait and see kind of mood on it overall unfortunately though with with the the childish nature of american politics the movie that isn't that much of a stretch yeah yeah <laughs> all right well uh yeah the campaign opens august 10th 2012 so you know we'll see where that goes the um the next trailer we have is gangster squad and this is the new film starring josh brolin ryan gosling sean penn Emma Stone, Anthony Mackie, Giovanni Ravisi, a bunch of people. There's a lot of people in this movie, and it's direct from director um, Ruben Fleischer, who previously did Zombieland and 30 Minutes or Less. And this is a film about Sean, Plain, Sean Penn plays Mickey Cohen, the real-life gangster who moved over to Hollywood, and it concerns a group of former officers slash shadier people that kind of attempt to bring him down, so to speak. And... Yeah, it's set back in, like, the 1920s, 30s era. And what would it be? Because it's 20s. It's still, Hollywood. It's, it's, still, it's still Hollywood land, so it's, like, early 1900s. So, yeah, um, whatever. Looks pretty flashy. Abe, what do you think? I think that with multiple repeat viewings, I've grown a little bit more interested in the film. First time I saw it, I was like, uh, oh, this looks kind of, kind of like a wash. And also the other thing is that I kind of, when I first saw it, I also watched Lawless, the trailer for Lawless. And so I would get the two yeah. confused a little bit. Um, but obviously this one, I don't know. It, it looks a little bit, uh, the plot is more interesting now that I've actually paid attention to the trailer in terms of, you know, these, these guys that are, these cops that are, you know, off the record cops. You guys just got to go take care of this guy so because he's ruining L.A. apparently. Um, but I don't know. I, I keep on thinking, 
these kind of noir films, I keep on thinking of LA Confidential. I'm just like, oh man, I don't know. I mean, LA Confidential is pretty good, but this is obviously set in a different time period. Ryan Gosling's being a charmer. Um, Sorry, 1940s, 40s, 50s. 50s. So it's like about the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's kind of about the yeah. same time, although LA Confidential, mm, but. Well, LA Confidential is, you know, that's a best film ever yeah, kind of thing. I, and this is just a movie that's coming Yeah, so. <laughs> kind of uh, high, high competition. <laughs> but overall, it, it looks. It looks kind of cool, but at the same time, it might just be full of, like, cliche bravado lines. Um, but uh, we'll see. Adam? Um, couple thoughts. Number one, what's wrong with Sean Penn's face? Um, well, that's Mickey it, Cohen. <laughs> well, fine. I, I must not be that familiar with Mickey Cohen, because when I watched this trailer, I'm just sitting there thinking, what is, what, what is wrong with his face? Um, I, you know, it, to be honest with you, it kind of gave me... A Public Enemies vibe, which was you know a film that just came out not too long ago, and I like Public Enemies. I was one of the few people in my group of friends that did. But I mean, I don't know. It looks like it could be fun. I don't really think it's a kind of, any kind of bold artistic statement like an LA Confidential or anything. It's just kind of another movie, kind of cashing in on a formula that probably is going to work okay. I, I whatever, it could be cool. I'll wait and kind of play it and see how the buzz goes and then decide whether or not I really want to make the effort to go see it in the theater. Yeah, the um, the vibe I got from this movie, it looks like Untouchables. And I say that not with as much praise as a lot of people do because I know a lot of people like the Untouchables. I don't like the Untouchables that much. and um, But I make that comparison because these movies both look very stylish. Untouchables, has, it's Brian De Palma. He knows how to make a movie have, you know, ooze of style. And this one... Has a lot of that, too. It looks a lot more... Because Ruben Fleischer did this movie, and he did uh, Zombieland, and they did 30 Minutes or Less. And Zombieland... I know a lot of, like Again, a lot of people like Zombieland more than I do, but that movie has a lot more style in it than 30 Minutes or Less did. And it feels like 30 Minutes or Less, Ruben Fleischer kind of just kind of phoned it in. Like, he kind of came in and just directed this comedy. But Gangster Squad looks a lot more like it's him trying to inject a lot of his visual style into it, much like he did with Zombieland. And... So it certainly looks, you know, like pretty. It looks pretty flashy. It looks like there's got there's a lot of little, a lot of cool imagery going on in this trailer. But yeah, the story looks like yeah, yeah, all right. I, I get what's going on here. It doesn't look like it's probing any deeper ground or anything. But it looks like it could be fun, or two. And that movie looks a lot better. Um, yeah, I don't. Gang Squad looks I. I guess uh, any of our favorite words yeah. on this podcast are apparently hijinks. Hijinks and I. <laughs> those are those are our favorite words. <laughs> Yeah, Com- comedy ensues. Exactly. Yeah, comedy yeah. ensues. <laughs> Our favorite phrases on the show. Um, but I, I like the cast a lot. Like you got a you got a strong cast here, lead, led by Josh Brolin among other people. Like it, it's, and uh, I think I think I'm pretty sure I saw yeah T1000. Robert Patrick popped up in here too, so that always hits me. Yeah, that yeah really. Uh, that, so that always makes me happy. <laughs> but um, I guess I, I I'm excited enough to I'll see this movie when it comes out. But yeah, I'm like I, I could be. I could be sold a little better on it based on what the the actual premises versus how much style it has. So again, we'll kind of see. There's no release date on here cur- currently, which is kind of interesting. I guess it's maybe the maybe one where there's like waiting and seeing what the reaction to the trailer is overall to be like when can we release this movie. But yeah, there's no actual release date so far. It just says coming soon at the end, and there's no if that awareness. Were the case, that'd be that'd be really weird. It's just it's I understand why it happens, but it's very strange to me to think that we live in a world where we're so dominated by focus groups and all that jazz you almost want to you almost 
and it, it's not a new practice, but it's just weird now that it's just so blatant. Oh, yeah, we changed the ending of the movie. Why? Because, oh, the focus group didn't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's because also because, like, Lawless is coming out, which is very has a very similar tone to it, and that comes yeah. out the end of August. So it's like, when can we put this movie in theaters? So we'll see. Adam, you mentioned Public Enemies. Do you like that movie? I do. I do. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's not... You know, it's not, again, if you're going to compare it to something like an LA Confidential, I mean, well, it doesn't quite compare. But, I mean, I like Johnny Depp in that movie. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Michael Mann's, and it was a great, it was a great biopic and a great gangster movie. So, yeah, I was I was down. How about yeah, you? I, yeah, I agree, actually. I, I enjoyed that movie. I liked uh, Michael Mann's choice to film it digitally, being that it's set, it's like a period film, but he filmed it like it, as, it, as he's been doing, Rose, to give it kind of a... It gave it kind of an, an interesting look. So, yeah, there was like there was one scene where I thought the digital coloration really didn't serve it well, which was the bit where he wakes he's he's sleeping in the, the hotel or something, and then he wakes up and he's under attack. And at that point, it looked kind of almost like a bad home movie, not a bad home movie, it, but yeah, it it, home movie esque. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And there's actually there's a whole shootout sequence that's way too complicated, where I like literally had no idea what was going on, which was confusing to me because. I understood all the action that happened in Revenge of the Fallen, which came out that summer also, but for some yeah. reason I couldn't understand a Michael Mann movie, so that's where I was like, okay, this is a little weird now. But <laughs> anyway, that's that's a lot of public enemy stock. Gangster Squad, as I said, has no release as of yet, so we'll see, but yeah, you know, it, look, it looks stylish, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that's the end of movie trailer talk, and that brings us to our main review for Dark Shadows. So here's a little bit of the trailer. My name is Barnabas Collins. Two centuries ago, I made Collinwood my home. My love. Until a jealous witch cursed me, condemning me to the shadows. For all time. What the hell is this? He's coming. He's coming. Hear me, future dweller. What is the year? 1972. 1972. Uh, my beloved Colin Wood. The Collins family. Who the hell is this? I'm a vampire, madam. Yeah. He's not staying with us forever, is he? I like him. Oh, super fat. Welcome home, Barnabas Collins. How soon can the horses be ready? We don't have horses. We have a Chevy. <laughs> Hello, Barnabas. Remember me? Which? You cursed me to be this hideous creature. You may strategically place your wonderful lips upon my posterior and kiss it repeatedly. What if I made you love me? With what a spell? With this? I must admit, they have not aged a day. That was a little bit of the trailer for Dark Shadows. Um, this is the, as I mentioned, this is the kind of t the film remake of the popular cult TV series from back in, I believe it started in 1966, which uh, now stars, John it's a Tim Burton film now starring Johnny Depp as Barnabas Collins. Um, he is a man who, well, he was once a man from 1700s era in uh, Maine, where he, his family established the town of Collins, Collinswood? Collinsport, I think. Collinsport. Collinsport. Yeah. Collinsport. And, um, yeah, his family family developed the town there, and they're very rich, and Barnabas Collins is somewhat of a playboy. And um, he was he was apparently having a relationship with one woman named Angelique, played by Ava Green. 
but he rejected her feelings for her for her, and eventually it wound up with another woman named Josette and <laughs> hell half no fairy like woman spurned Angelique decided to well she's actually a witch okay you know how that goes she uh had she she had her parents she had Barnabas's parents killed and she forced Josette to throw herself off a cliff Barnabas being quite distraught for obvious reasons decided to also throw himself off a cliff but Angelique cursed Barnabas to be a vampire, so he has to live his life eternally. And then she convinced all the townspeople to bury him in a coffin chained beneath. Uh, cut to a few hundred years later, now in 1972, Barnabas is found. Uh, he's dug out from his coffin, and uh, after quenching his thirst, since he's been locked away for a number of years, he returns home and finds that there's still a few members of the Collins family living at home, including Michelle Pfeiffer as kind of the family patriarch, as well as Johnny Lee Miller as her brother, and two kids. One's Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, daughter, played by Chloe Grace Barretts, and the other is David, the son of Johnny, Johnny Lee Miller's character. But Barnabas tries to basically restore the family name. And from there, it becomes a little more difficult because Angelique is still around and she's made somewhat of a fortune of herself in the town of uh, Collinsport. So now Barnabas has to deal with, well, her, who's still kind of angry or, you know, at least has a, some pretty intense feelings for Barnabas. And he also has to deal with, you know, being a vampire from the 1700s living in the, the you know, 1970s. So, supernatural comedic hijinks ensue. <laughs> 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 and before I get to what Adam and Abe have to say about this film, um, I actually did get to go see this movie with my mom, who was a fan of the TV series back in the day and is currently a big fan of Johnny Depp. And so we saw it together and I got some of her thoughts. So I'm just going to throw it out to that audio, which I, you know, recorded last night. So let's go there. Uh, you you want to say who you are? This is Denise. Hi, how are you? Good evening. And you are my mother. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, I am Aaron's mother. Of course. <laughs> okay. I, I, I apologize. I'm sure that everyone knows more than one thing. <laughs> okay, so um, on Saturday, we went and saw Dark Shadows together. Yes, we did. Okay. And, um, uh, okay, so what did, you, what did you think of the movie? Did you like, the, did you, did you like Dark Shadows? I liked the movie. Yeah, so you so you watched the the series when it was on. You're watching it now again, just to kind of do it again, I guess. Yes, I, well, I, I didn't realize that I, I I didn't watch the series from the beginning. I started it, it after it was all written. I guess four years in, so I was twelve years old at the time. So I, I didn't realize that it had been going on for four years before I started watching it. So yes, but I used to come home every day at three thirty and watch Star Shadows or Star Five. Absolutely. Uh, did you like Johnny Depp in the movie? Yes, I like Johnny Depp. Johnny, um, I like his, I like who he is in general as far as an actor goes. And he, um, some of the scenes in the movie, especially when he, when it was a very dramatic scene as opposed to a scene, uh, it was very convincing, I thought. He played an excellent part of the call and the makeup was excellent. Uh, what about some of the other people in the movie did you like anyone else in particular or dislike um i love michelle 
Michelle Pfeiffer. I've always loved Michelle Pfeiffer. She's great. I didn't really care for the villain, the female villain. She um, she just wasn't that convincing to me. She was a lot more comical. I think I mentioned, I know I mentioned before that she reminded me of another movie that I've seen. Uh, Death Becomes Her, that's what you were saying before. Yeah, Death, Be- Death, Death Becomes Her. She, she kind of reminded me of the two sisters in that movie. Her part reminded me of the two sisters in that movie. And that was a, a very specific comedy. So, but, that, yeah, but it was good. She was good. I just, she was okay. But I preferred all that. I preferred the other characters. Um, Tim Burton's wife, I can't think of her name. I thought she did a good job as the doctor, the psychiatrist. Oh, uh, yeah, Helen Bond. Helena Bonham Carter. I really loved her in uh, The King's Speech, but she plays well against against Johnny Depp, I think. And that's something I brought up in the first attempt at this, is um, we've, you and I, together, we've seen a lot of Tim Burton movies throughout the course of basically my life. Um, my earliest memory is seeing Batman when I was three years old, the first Batman. And we've since seen... A number of Tim Burton movies together in the theater, including Batman Returns, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, sort of, uh, Mars Attacks, uh, Big Fish, like Sweeney Todd. All of these movies, we together have seen these movies, and I found that to be kind of intriguing. It's like as if we've, gr- I've grown up watching Tim Burton movies, and specifically with you, I've done that. And I find that intriguing that you remembered all that because I didn't remember that all those movies were Tim Burton movies, and that's a great thing. I loved all the movies that you mentioned, and I particularly remember the one Batman movie that we that we saw because it was at twelve midnight showing. It was raining outside. I believe you were eight or nine years old, and you had to go to school the next day, and you went without any problems because you got we got home at two o'clock that morning, and you never stayed up that late before. So that was it's really interesting that um, we haven't watched so many of his movies together, and I've loved them all. Yeah, and there's certainly been plenty of Johnny Depp in a lot of those movies. Yeah, Ed, Edward Scissorhands also. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Sweeney Todd, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Sweeney Todd, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it's just, I, I never put two and two together until you, until you mentioned it, so that is uh, it's very interesting and very cool. It's funny how Tim Burton's characters are a lot of his Yeah, I agree, and I think something that that's something actually that Tim Burton has that very few directors have, where you can actually kind of see, you can literally see the director's stamp on the movie just by looking at like one scene of it. You can you can easily identify it as a Tim Burton movie, and not not many directors have been able to do something like that. You can't look at you can't necessarily look at certain directors who are well known and very good but like know that it's one of their films offhand right away with Tim Burton he has a very particular style where you can easily identify one of his films and that that's regardless of if you like Tim Burton films or not that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment there as a director yeah that's very cool it's, it's very good it's very unique and, uh, yeah I, I'd like to uh, he would be an interesting man to meet I think personally 
talk to because his uh, imagination is in direction is really wild and, and I like that. It's very wicked and I like that. Did you like the uh, the style of the movie, like with the the '70s tone mixed with the the gothic horror of Barnabas Collins and his vampire nature? Oh, I absolutely love the '70s style or the '80s or whatever because I grew up in that era, so I totally remember everything. I remember the clothing, I remember the hair. I Alice Cooper. I mean, Alice Cooper, the best line or one of the best lines in the movie was, "That's the ugliest woman I've ever seen." So it's great. <laughs> Seventy, yeah, it's 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 something that yeah, it's something that feels very similar to something like Edward Scissorhands, where you have like you know you have Edward with scissor hands and mixed with this suburban neighborhood that's like right outside this big dark castle that's up in the up on the hill, or even like Beetlejuice, yeah. or even like Beetlejuice, where you have another kind of suburban neighborhood and that kind of combines with this dark afterlife setting that's kind of invading in on on everybody. So it's very, it's very Tim Burton-y. It's a very, it's very much in his style of something to do. Yeah, it's really kind of a, kind of honest how he misses the macabre with the, with the real. And he does it very well. So, in movie form anyway. All right, cool. Um, if you had to rate, if you had to rate the movie, how would you rate Dark Shadows? I'd rate this particular version of it. I'd give it a seven. I'd give it a seven only because I, I, uh, there was a lot of things that, that, that I wasn't sure about and a lot of things that didn't connect necessarily. But overall, uh, for an hour and a half movie on a, on a series that went that had a thousand shows, I'm not sure. I'm sure there was a, a book form of Dark Shadows. I don't know. We haven't looked into that. But um, they did a good job. They did a good job of capturing the story in itself and probably adding things. I'm pretty sure that that's Hollywood. And uh, Tim Burton with his sense of how he does things, I, I thought he did with a seven. Maybe a seven and a half. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Thank you for that. And uh, actually, one one last thing. You saw the preview for Frankenweenie. Are you looking forward to that? Frankenweenie. Yes, I have to see Frankenweenie with the little dog. It's uh, it's just too cute. It looks cute anyway. Although I'm sure it's got its its uh, its parts in it that are going to be horrific, but that's okay. It's kind of like a Tim Burton animation of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> with a little Frankenstein on the side. I, I think it'll it'll be interesting. Yes, I, I want to see that. Absolutely. All right, cool. Thank you. That, okay, that well, should, thank you. That should do it. Yeah, thanks. And have, and have a good night for all that that audio Okay, so you should have just heard all of that, and that should have been all well and good. So with that said, I'm gonna try not to try not to repeat too many of things of what I've said. I tried I tried not to I tried not to say too much with that in that mini review of my mom. So I'll try to keep my points somewhat fresh but with all that adam what did you think of dark shadows i've been looking forward to dark shadows for for months i mean it was kind of thing where you know having been a part of of 
this film festival had sort of been taking up my life for the past couple months, one of my rewards to myself was that I knew at some point the festival would be done and I was going to go see Dark Shadows. And I was totally jazzed and excited. Um, and you know something? I really enjoyed myself. It's a really fun fish-out-of-water story. Um, I really like the dialogue. Uh, Seth Graham Smith's uh, script is terrific. Just to hear you know, Johnny Depp tossing out these arcane phrases right and left. It's just, it's just really charming and, and really funny just to see his 1700s brain you know, crossing things with the 1972 reality. It's just, it was really fun. I mean, the actors were good. Um, and he's great, obviously. Um, Ava Green, I don't really think there, there's a hotter actress in Hollywood today. I mean, she's just fantastic. Um, the production design is, is terrific. The art design is great. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Ava? I don't think that it was an awful film, but I don't think it was a very good film. And I think that's partially... Maybe because I didn't watch the original soap opera series and whatnot, but it just feels a little disjointed, or, or a lot of it disjointed actually, um, because it feels as though there's a lot of comedic stuff, and then it feels like there's some dramedy, and then it feels like there's some thriller slash horror, and I wasn't really sure where to go with it, I guess. And there's some elements that that kind of pop up along the way um, that are surprises to me actually. They're just these plot points that have to be explained in one sentence or less. Um, I actually went back and read uh, some information on some of the old show when I was finished with the movie, and that actually patched some some holes up for me. Uh, I did enjoy the fish out of water story, like what you had said, Adam. I enjoyed that a lot, and I thought that that's kind of where it was going to be with the the trailer, the way that the trailer was shot, and you know just the way that Johnny Depp is kind of acting weird. But there's a lot of a uh, different different angles that the character takes which I guess is not surprising um, but at the same time I guess it's just not what I thought it was going to be I, I didn't really like it all too much um, but well, I think you're right about all the technical aspects you know the cinematography or I mean the uh, art design production design all that stuff was really good you know costume design as well um, but overall yeah I just kind of didn't really I couldn't follow it as well as I wanted to follow it I guess so I, I didn't like it that much I came away liking a, a number of things about it, but also just being a bit annoyed by a few things about it. And uh, I'll, I'll speak to like the more positive things first. I think Depp is very good in this movie. I think he really commits to this character. And um, I also th I think Tim Burton did a good job of not, not phoning it in this time around. Like, I know, Adam, I'm aware that you like Alice in Wonderland more than we do, but I had, I had a problem with that movie mainly because it felt like a movie of someone imitating Tim Burton's style, even though it happened to be a movie that Tim Burton had directed. And it, it felt like it didn't, I didn't feel like his personality was in that movie. Like I didn't feel, feel like he was in it here. I thought he really tried at least. I thought he was, I thought he was bringing more to this movie that made it feel a little more akin to something like Beetlejuice or Edward Scissorhands of having his kind of personality molding like Gothic sensibilities with kind of a, this, this seventies, era in, in this town so like i liked i like a lot of that aspect i like the production values i like the design of the mansion and the, the very the various set designs all around and costumes and whatnot i, I really it felt very burton -y to me which i enjoyed the um the issues i had is that there's there was a lot of there's a lot of subplots going on that either went nowhere or were just too thinly developed and the key one i can think of is the main um what we, what you would think is the main female, the uh, Victoria Winters character, who comes in to the movie and you think that she's basically going to be 
your your lead heroine. Like she comes in, and you're supposed to be following her character because she's essentially the audience. She's being introduced to these characters for the first time in the Collins household. But after you after you kind of introduce your she doesn't do much in this movie. She kind of sits out, and then she comes back in to kind of explain where she came from. Then she kind of sits out again, and she doesn't do anything in this movie. And that kind of that kind of applies to a lot of these characters. Like Michelle Pfeiffer does very little in this movie besides be around. Like she doesn't. She's not really involved in anything. She just kind of announces herself every now and then. Or uh, Johnny Lee Miller's character. You just kind of you learn one thing about him that he's greedy, and that's it. And that's all of his character. And even like the the um, the caretaker Willie, he's drunk. He's a drunk guy. That's and like Helena Bonham Carter, you learn something about her, but it's kind of underdeveloped. It just kind of occurs, and then her character's mini plot plays its course, and then that's it. Like it's just a lot of these things kind of came and went, and there wasn't. I didn't really have much investment in any of these other little subplots besides besides uh, the main plot of Barnabas and dealing with Angelique and stuff, which I kind of enjoyed. I kind of liked how that was playing out. It was kind of fun. And I really like the fish out of water aspect of the story that that kept me engaged with, with the movie overall. You know, you speak to the Michelle Pfeiffer thing and the subplots. And I, I definitely agree that the comedy was so. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's like a, that weird Michelle Pfeiffer thing. There's a scene where she first meets Barnabas and she's got like a letter opener behind her back. And I wasn't sure if there was any strange tension that would continue or if she's double crossing him. But it's just. I don't know if that was meant to just be soap opera, soap opera y. Oh my god. We've been sitting on top of a fortune. Know this. I mean to stay. I mean to be a part of this family again. On one condition. Yes. Promise me that this. All of this will remain our secret. So be it. Partners. Welcome home, Barnabas Collins. I agree that there's a lot of these subplots that I didn't understand. I mean, there's this there's a point for Victoria where she's kind of in the story and then all of a sudden she kind of disappears. She appears later, and she has this really cliche, stupid line on a hill. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I didn't really like a lot of those aspects. There's even a point where one of the characters um, becomes something, and I'm just not really sure where that came from either. Um, yeah. So I. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and you know, it, it kind of comes out, and the explanation is well. That would have been like a bit, even a flashback could have been like nicer than like her saying a sentence. Right. Yeah, and you know the the Eva Green kind of explains it, uh, but that's yeah, after that's the like fact. the throw the throwaway line. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of after the fact, and so you're kind of taken aback by what that was all about. Even though maybe the Scooby Doo reference was something to to think about, but uh, it, it it feels it's like a pretty great, it's a pretty great Scooby Doo reference. Yeah, <laughs> if if you that's yeah. It feels like there there probably could have been more that might be on the cutting room floor, but then it just might have been cut out because the film is kind of long, also. Yeah, it is. I've, it, yeah. it comes in a little under two hours, but it feels fairly long. The pace is kind of all over the place at points where, some, like, the intro is nice. Like, I like how it sets itself up, and I like, 
I like where it gets to in bringing you to to Barnabas arriving back in the seventies. I like all that setup that occurs beforehand. I liked a lot of the show, a lot of the movie before Barnabas shows up, just establishing who this family is and everything. I like a lot, which is very similar to Beetlejuice, actually, which I'll get to in the movie callback. But um, yeah, it doesn't. Once all these characters are established, it's it doesn't. It's not like the Avengers, where an amazing job of balancing is going on. <laughs> really, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's really it's really Barnabas's story. And that's it really is part the, of the story, the and like, he, but you know, even though the characters, the individual subplots may not have, be given as much to do as, as one might like, I mean, you definitely can make the argument. Well, I don't think it's much of an argument because it's, it's it's a fact. Without the Victoria Winters, you know, Gisette dynamic, you know, Barnabas doesn't really have any motivation much. You know, I mean, he's got a a, a motivation as far as like, oh, I've got to restore the family name, but that really kind of gives him an emotional motivation. And you know, one thing I think that is really cool though about the movie is the way that the the Ava Green um, Johnny Depp dynamic works. Just because a lot of times you get, you know, your your protagonist and your antagonist and they just hate each other's guts and whatever. But in their case, I mean, there's really something there. You know, and, and she really does love this guy. Even though, you know, he's like, oh, no, you don't love me. You can't love me. But she really seems to love him. And so even though she's doing these horrible things, you know, her eyes don't lie. You know, when she tells him that she loves him. And I just, you know, I think that's a cool kind of dynamic. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And I agree that without Victoria, there'd be no, yes, there'd be no motivation. But there's not enough to her for me to really care about what his motivation is. I'm happy that it's there and it exists. But, like, you have too many other characters that could have either been streamlined or, and you know, just get rid of some of these people. Like, get rid of John, Johnny Lee Miller's character entirely. Or get rid of even Helena Bonham Carter's character, and then you, no. you know you have, you have no, I, no, keep Helena. <laughs> I, I get, I get, yeah, because I like Helena Bonham Carter in this movie, despite the fact that her character's thinly written. And so is Johnny Lee Miller's. There's nothing to these people beyond what's established about them that there's that that's their character trait. But there's there's nothing there opposed to the Victoria character, who's more important but doesn't get much to do. Like if. The movie, if the movie streamlined some of these people, like got rid of some of these other plots, there'd be more time to invest in like this. What basically is a love triangle going on in this movie? That'd be more interesting to watch. But it's just kind of a sort of a lazy uh, love triangle where you have, yeah, they have the Johnny Depp Ava Green relationship, which is cool, which is that's a neat thing going on. And then you have this Victoria character who's around and certainly represents Johnny Depp's lost Barnabas, Barnabas's lost love. But there's not much else to her, and you just get like you get. You get one sequence that details her past, but that's it. And you just see them kind of interact in few fleeting moments, and there's just nothing else there. So, it, and I get that. I mean, it's based on the TV series, so you have to have a lot of right. these characters so you can properly represent. But you know, it's a matter of how closely you want to stick to the source material versus how well you can make an effective film. I think if it, if this was Tim Burton just producing a new TV series based off the old Dark Shadows TV series, could have played better. You could have had this little mini season of, and, you know, take down the star power, you know, obviously you'd lose Johnny Depp and Ellen Bynum Carter and just have different people. But, like, if, if he wanted, if he really wanted to, like, re remake this TV show yeah. into something effective, a TV series, especially since it's a soap opera where you inherently have so many different plots going on, it could have worked better that way, where you just make another a new, a new version of the TV series. But as a film, I just thought there was too much. It was too busy, while having characters that were too thinly written. And you guys didn't you guys didn't find a bunch of laugh out loud moments? There were just I, a couple moments where I just was. 
as, no. as I as I did say, because I didn't want to point, because I hate to come off too negative about this one, because I did like a lot about it. Yeah, I did like the fish out of water aspect. Did make me. Did, right. I wasn't. I did enjoy that stuff. I, I liked a lot of Johnny Depp's interactions with various right. '70s things, like his pronouncement of a lava lamp as a blood urn, and the. Um, his line about Alice Cooper. Actually, that was a little... There should have been a scene with Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper interacting. That would have made me happy. That would have been awesome. Opposed to just him saying, that's the most hideous woman I've ever seen. <laughs> I, you go and watch Alice Cooper with the I, others. I, I, I really wish there was an actual scene where the two of them met. That just That's just right there. That seems like a missed opportunity that that didn't happen. Or if it's on the cutting room floor, I want to see that scene. But like uh, her, him, and like Chloe Moretz, I really like their interactions. I I liked her a lot in this movie. She was actually was a lot of fun in the early goings. I guess. <laughs> um, what is your age, if I may? Fifteen. Fifteen and no husband. You must put those birthing hips to good use at once, lest your womb shrivel up and die. You're weird. But do you think me too weird for a woman of this land? You obviously mean Vicky. She has the most fertile birthing hips I have ever laid eyes upon. You're way too weird. I liked one thing I liked too is the way that um, Helena Bottom Carter's character is different from a lot of. You get to a point where you think, okay, I've seen everything Helena Bottom Carter can do in a Tim Burton movie. What else is she really going to do? And she manages to come up with like this East Coast psychiatrist slash drunk and it's it's really not the character I was expecting her to come out with and it was cool I thought I definitely appreciated like a lot of the characters and their you know their sense of who they are he gives it again I agree with Aaron in that if this was like a miniseries or something like that you could really explore on these characters a little bit more and so I did like these characters as they are but there just wasn't it was just too busy like what we've established before and so it would have been cool to see the development of the doctor from, you know, she's just a drunkard to all of a sudden now she's uh, thinking about ways um, to help Barnabas or, or, you know, help or hurt Barnabas in the future. So it, it would be interesting to spend a little more time developing that. A lot of beautiful women in this movie, I gotta say. Like Michelle Pfeiffer still looks like she looks arguably better now than she did in Scarface. Like, <laughs> like her, I really, I really like her here, and I really like, like, Ava Green, oh my god, he's putting on all these dresses that are ridiculous. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter actually looks really good in this movie. Like, there's a lot of... I've loved Ava Green since Casino Royale. It's just I, ridiculous. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed her, I've, I liked her in Kingdom of Heaven. I liked her, I've liked her a lot. I like seeing her smile in this movie, which is something I just never see her do, <laughs> so... It's huge. She, she I mean... <laughs> Uh, aside from Barnabas, she's like the, the other most fully developed character. Maybe get the feeling that she was just like this this crazy lady that just wanted to be. With she really went for it in this movie. She really looked like she was having teeth into this role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got that feeling. What's cool too with her is is one thing that is great is the and we might have to edit this out. I don't know, but the production design as she's in when she's in battle, she sort of starts to crack like porcelain. Yes, right. yeah. and that's really, I mean, you know that Tim Burton was sitting there with his sketchbook before, you know, while the movie's in development, and he's figuring out how he wants to do this. Because, I mean, it's not something that's conventionally um, part of, you know, the witch aesthetic or whatever that I'm aware of, but, oh my gosh, it was really cool, because, like, she's she's cracking and she's breaking, and then, and then the bit where she does something else a little more drastic, I mean, that was really cool. 
yeah, I really like the the visuals in this movie. I thought they're quite impressive, and, and just the yeah the the ideas going on about how how to portray witches and vampires and such and such. Like, uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed a lot of those things, and I like the um, I did get a lot. Of, I did get a kick out of the, um, the 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 sex scene that went on in this movie. <laughs> The, oh, the you all over did, the all right. <laughs> the, 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 all, the all over the place film sex scene that happened. It was, that was that was humorous to me. I enjoyed that part. That's one thing that's pretty fun about Dark Shadows is that Barnabas Collins is he's a vampire, so he's the undead, but he's you know he, he's so polite in the way he deals with things, but he's also still a dude. So even though he knows like oh he shouldn't be oh oh you went okay. You know what I mean? He he wants to not be affected by these beautiful women, but he just can't help it. He's a playboy. <laughs> yep. Any thoughts on Danny Elfman's score in this movie? There was a score? I, I really don't remember that at all. I, I remember seeing his credit, but I, just, I can't really remember that at all. Hmm. Did I? Yeah, it was, I mean, besides the heavy use of 70s tracks, which I enjoyed, but uh, yeah, this the actual score, yeah, not not like a, not a memorable one, like, you know, his past work of Burton. Which has been the case for many of his films recently, but uh, many Elfman scores recently. But yeah, kind of nothing. Although it because I was kind of excited just because it looked more like an old-fashioned Tim Burton movie, so I was expecting, well, maybe there'll be an old-fashioned Danny Elfman score as well to go along with it. But no, that wasn't quite the case here. Uh, any other thoughts on the Dark Shadows before I kind of wrap it up? Is I uh, lower than I? I was. I was surprised to see uh, they, it was a 35 millimeter print in my theater. I thought for sure it was going to be DCP or something. And they're like, oh my gosh, they're imitating a print. That's kind of cool. Wait a minute. Wait, no. It's a print. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and happy not to see this in through. Happy that this wasn't in 3D. That's nice. Oh God, yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, that would, I think that would have been a really big, awful disaster. Although it is weirdly on IMAX right now. So that's something. That was all for the sex scene. Well, yeah, that that looked great in IMAX. <laughs> all those angles. All right, so then let's let's get to our rating. Then each all those angles. Each week we try to uh, get to a try to establish a rating for the films that we watch based on kind of when you should go and see that film. So our scale goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So, Adam, where would you put it on that scale? Uh, theater. Cool. Abe. I really thought that this was a forget about it. I really didn't really didn't have reason why you should go see this. I just kind of sit in Netflix. I think it's I think it's fine for like a watch if you get a chance. All right, so yeah, those are our uh, thoughts on uh, Dark Shadows. But let's uh, I guess keep things in the same area. Let's go back to uh, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Formerly known as Retro Review, <laughs> and this is where we uh, discuss a few films that kind of relate in some way to the main feature of the week. So with that said, uh, Abe, did you have any films in mind? I'm not a Fright Night, the original and the new one. Um... Just for, that's actually what I thought oh. of too because <laughs> I, I like the original one because it kind of kind of is a little bit more in tune with uh, you know some of the stylist or the stylistic views uh, in dark shadows but uh, not too many others came to mind you, yeah you brought up fright night which is perfect because that's actually what that's exactly what I thought of the original in particular because of the way the ending plays out in both films it really introduces a lot of kind of wild special effects that I was enjoying for the most part and um also i thought of beetlejuice which i think i mentioned already uh, beetlejuice just be in the way it kind of blends the idea of having a regular people interacting with this fantastical device that happens in the case of beetlejuice you have basically dead people and you know the 
crazy demon trickster played by Michael Keaton interacting with the, or sorry, the host of the most interacting with the, uh, the quirky, um, deetses that move into the house. And then dark shadows, you obviously have Barnabas Collins, a vampire and a witch interacting with the shockingly pale yet still human people that live in Collins Manor. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, um, well, I mean, I, it's funny because on some level you think of other uh, the the popular vampirical franchise, which shall not be named, um, particularly in, in some of the directions that the the film goes uh, later on. But I mean, I think of I thought you know a little bit of, of Twilight, to be honest with you. Um, and you think a lot of other Tim Burton movies, just because it, it fits into his his oeuvre. His oeuvre. His oeuvre. Oeuvre. <laughs> his filmography. Monocle. Okay. Uh. His face of chestnuts. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious. What would you think? What, what would you say is uh, the best Johnny Depp Tim Burton collaboration? Ever? Yeah. Ooh. I haven't seen Ed Wood. Oh, okay. Ed Wood is. is yeah, I, would feel, I would think that. If, I mean, a lot of people seem to put that up at the tops of their list just because. It's I'm, again. I haven't seen it. I'm going to see it soon. Um, so out of what I've seen, I'd probably go with Sweeney Todd. Yeah, see, I I still go Sleepy Hollow with me. That Sleepy Hollow is a favorite film of mine. I just really like that movie a lot. So really? it's really fun. Now, it's a good movie. And I like I like Johnny Depp's performance. It's very affected by the nature of crazy things occurring to him, even though he's a, even though he's a, he's a doctor or a trained inspector and everything, but the way he interacts with the way he, he's very effeminate around blood spurting all over him and things like that. Just, it's very humorous. The autopsy scene was hilarious. The yeah. autopsy scene, yeah. <laughs> just all, all that stuff, but yeah. He's great in that movie, you know, just, oh, no. Yeah. Or, he, or, you know, the, the investigator is totally creeped out by everything he's investigating. That's yeah. Awesome. All right, then uh, let's see. Let's move on to box office for this week, then. And um, okay, so we had a well, there were five of us last week, so we all had different predictions. But uh, let's see, Abe, do you recall what you predicted for box office? Thirty-one or thirty-two? I can't recall. Thirty-two. In second place, obviously. Uh, Mark Hopin said thirty-five. Brian White from Lights of Blues said forty million. Sean from also from Lights of Blues at thirty-four million. I said thirty-seven million. Uh, Dark Shadows wound up with 28 million? Yeah, 28 million this weekend, which seems kind of expected at this point. The uh, uh, Avengers dominated this week. Actually, I think it's a record. Yeah, it is. It's a record second weekend. It made 103 million in its second weekend, and it's it's crossed a billion worldwide already. Damn. Is that the fastest to- record? Is that the, is yeah. that the record time to a yeah. billion dollars? Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of records, and uh, it's also got like this the a very the like the smallest uh, second weekend decline of any film that was like number one at the box office. So that's pretty yeah, it lost fifty percent, but still, you know, come on, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's it's uh, making some money, and it's gonna. Well, <laughs> I, I'm still holding strong with uh, the, with the Dark Knight Rises being number one of the summer, but it, <laughs> Avengers certainly I'm totally has a pretty good pulling. head start. I'm like, come on, Avengers. Avengers has a good head start. I'll give you that. Yeah. So we'll see. But remember, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. That is what she said. <laughs> I took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> All of that. So, but Abe, uh, well, you're kind of over, but you did kind of all yeah, or whatever. We all, we're um, a little over, so. We're all a little over, yeah. 
And I mean, we'll have to see how Dark Shadows does in the the, the coming weeks, just because it, it costs a pretty penny to make Dark Shadows. So we'll, you know, we gotta... well, I mean, look at it in some respects. Look at it like Alice in Wonderland. I mean, despite all the crap that that movie took, it did over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, but that movie opened very strong and with no competition. Well, still, the foreign market is is treating Dark Shadows fairly well. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't think it's going to do a billion dollars, obviously, but I mean, I think they stand a chance to make to make a profit. I do too, and it is a dark horse of mine, so I hope it does. <laughs> so, for for the sake of our movie gamble, <laughs> I hope it does. Yes, and our prize is that we're going to win. <laughs> All right, so um Let's uh let's do a game. Want to do a game? Majestic this week. That was majestic. I, I guess so. darkly I, I majestic. To... No, that's bad. Um, a dark that? majesty. How about the movie tagline game? I like that game. I haven't done that. Though. As the movie tagline game goes, I'm going to read taglines from popular films, and you're going to have to attempt to guess what film I am uh, referring. Awesome? Sound good? Bring it. I eat. Okay. Here's the first one. Thank you, Abe. <laughs> Live your life at the point of impact. Deep impact? No. Live your life at the point of impact. Crank. It's not it, but you're oddly close. Crank two. Not in, not not thematically, oh. but I can't give away why. <laughs> so. That terrible motorcycle racing movie. Live your life at the point of impact. The Fast and the Furious. It's a two thousands movie. It's an Oscar winner. What? Crash. It is oh. Crash. Oh, what a what a what a depressing start, Aaron. <laughs> okay, let me let me find let me find a less depressing one. It's a bad movie. Do you not like Crash? No. Hey, do you like Crash? I thought it was good, but I think upon repeat views, I'm like, how did this is such a weird movie at the same time? I kind of think I'm the same way because I've only watched it the once, and I'm like, all right, that was good. But uh... the more that you think about it, the more you're like, what? <laughs> I I found wait, wait, Adam, Adam, so you, Adam, you hate Crash, but you like uh, Gran Torino. Yeah. Hey, man, I like Gran Torino I mean, too. I, I, That's I, my people I, in there. I don't hate I don't hate Crash, but I mean, like, I'm I'm at Best Buy and I'm like, text my buddy, hey, Crash is here on sale. Like, would I like this? And he's like, I think you should rent it first. Well, I bought it, didn't listen to him, watched it, and I'm like, uh huh, and had it sold within like a couple days. Like, I was done with it, and I was like, dude, you were right. I don't know what hurt more, the fact that the movie wasn't very good, or that I had to tell my friend he was right. But come on. That was hard to admit you're wrong. Well, to that friend, yes. Okay, I'm trying to find another movie. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Nice planet, we'll take it. Mars Attacks. It is Mars Attacks. Boom. Okay. Step up the game now. Oh, I thought okay, you were, were going to say a tagline for Step Up. And I was like, I don't know any of those taglines. I think I could probably name one off the top of my head, but I'm not going to. Okay, here we go. They have a plan, but not a clue. Oh shoot! Ah, um, Lady Killers. No, nope. uh, Small Time Crooks. Your Adam was closer. Uh, small Time Crooks was a good poll, though. I, that's a good movie. That's a movie I want to watch again, but I can't find it anywhere. Cause I like that movie. I like Tracy Ullman in that movie. <laughs> Burn After Reading. Again, oh, very close. Um, what's 
Is that the one Brad? That was the one Brad Pitt, huh? That's oh. the one Brad Pitt, yeah. On the right track, though. I know it. I know. I know it, but I don't. For a specific reason. <laughs> um, is it only George Clooney? It's not a yes or no game. Is it a oh, brother, brother where are though? Yes. I got it first. Yeah. Boom! I loosened the jar for you, Adam. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. But my, but I enjoyed my cookie mail to my door. <laughs> okay. Nice reference. Still, let's do first of three. Okay. Here we go. They're not just getting rich. They're getting even. 80s. Out of Africa? <laughs> no. <laughs> Young what? guns. No. They're not just getting rich. They're getting even. That's kind of obscure for this movie, I guess. It's kind of vague. But, uh, I think I've heard that tagline before, though. Hmm. I have, too. I just can't place it. It sounds very general. That's true. Maybe it was used for, like, a rock movie in the 2000s. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, the same, it's the same thing, like, they stole his lunch, but he's still hungry. Like, it doesn't give it away. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I'll say... Little obtuse there, man. I'm 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 lost. Yeah. Hang on, cash. It's, it's a... No. Um. Let's see. How do I narrow this down? There. It's it has people that were on Saturday Night Live. Early '80s. Three Amigos. Nope. Oh oh. Uh, uh, Trading Places. It is yes. Trading Places. <laughs> we're tied. We're tied. Oh, man. Up. Okay, here we go. This is this is the tough one now. Let me. Oh great, because yeah, the last one was so simple. I mean, no, I mean, well, okay. Oh, that'd be a good one if I didn't think someone was gonna get it so quickly. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Someone is dying for a second chance. <laughs> Decade. Late nineties. No, late nineties. Is it one of those movies where like they get their heart like bounce or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, I, I see what you're going for, but no, it's not. Okay. I'll say it's a horror film. Oh. Scream 2. No, but on the right track. I still know what you did last summer? Oh. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> Boom! Adam, I listened to the draft for you on that one, too. <laughs> you, that one? Okay, the first one, no, but this one, yes, the jar was loosened. <laughs> I reached in, and this chocolate chip oatmeal raisin hybrid cookie is amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good work, Adam. For dominating the movie tagline game, which is a game we should play more because that is a fun game. It's a good one, yeah. Congratulations, Adam. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shake your hand electronically. The cyber yeah. shake. Here we go. <laughs> Some reason that's Cue the xylophone's dark majesty. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week we have Battleship. Finally. Boom. Big booms, pause. Yeah, that's what's happening next week. And um, yeah, this is of course the, <laughs> the 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 film based on the popular board game known as Battleship. So it should be kind of big. We'll see. I don't know though. This, this is like a toughie. This is like a toughie to, to predict. I have no idea if it's going to do well or if it's going to not do well. So let's try to predict the box office next weekend. You still have Avengers out. Still making a lot of money. But now you have this giant alien invasion movie coming out. Looks like Transformers, kind of. But maybe people don't want to see that movie anymore. So what do we think? Abe, where are you, where are you thinking? I still am going to say second. I think Avengers will be first. Um, and I'm going to go with... Oof. 
I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna say thirty million, despite all the hype. Um, are there any big, any other new releases coming out? The dictate the dictator opens on that Wednesday, actually. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Okay, I'll go battleship sec third place, twenty five million. I think the dictator will third probably, place will probably hit second place, and then obviously Avengers will be. Um, if it stays true to form, it'll be at about fifty million next week. But I wouldn't be surprised if the drop off was a little steeper. I think it'll be steeper just because there's more at the box office to see. But uh... well, I think by now, I mean a lot of people that are going to have seen Avengers have gone. You know, by the third weekend, I mean if it manages to only drop off fifty percent, I mean that's amazing. If Avengers makes, yeah, if Avengers continues to make. A, a huge amount of money, then Abe's going to be more in the clear, I think, to be realistically considering that it's going to be the number one film this summer. Yeah, we'll I don't know. Like like if, it adds, if, if it adds, like, another... If, well, no. It has to drop again. Like, it can't make another $100 million, so it has to it has to drop to, like, 50, 40 range at that point. But I think, I mean, I think all the people that went to see Avengers are going to go see Dark Knight. So, I mean, plus, I think Dark Knight will appeal to this a little more of shall we say a more sophisticated movie fan than yeah, than, I, I, we, we already had this discussion in the other podcast. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't think Abe's in the clear yet. Yeah, I'm kind of getting worried. I, I need a, at least like another hundred million to to make me feel okay, <laughs> but not great. I need another hundred million. Come on. Well, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna say second place for Battleship. I'm like a strong. Yes. This is a tough one, guys. This is like one of the toughest because this movie could easily bomb. I think this is like one of the ones that could easily go either way, which is not which is kind of a rarity because it could either be like a huge success or a huge failure. But um, I'm gonna say, th- God, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 36, second place in 36, and like Avengers comes in with like you know another 50 or something like that. So we'll see. Um, all right, so yeah, you saw the Avengers, right? Yeah, I was gave you shit for not putting me on your podcast. I know, I just wanted to clear that up right now. I asked you, what did you think of the Avengers? Oh my gosh, I I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it, it takes a little while to get into. It's a little slow in the early going, and it, for a little while, it's kind of like, okay, well now we have to assemble the team. We have to go from here to here. Then you get to a certain point, and I mean, I was just in. I was in hard. I was digging it. I mean, the writing's great in that it's genuinely fun. Um, and the writing's really funny, but he doesn't shortchange the, any of the characters as far as, you know... Okay, so it's mostly about Iron Man and a little bit about these guys. I mean, it really bounces around well. Um, the action's awesome. You know, you get to a point... I mean, my favorite scene is is the, the moment where, like, Loki is, is ranting to the Hulk about how amazing he is and how just the Hulk needs to just suck it. And the Hulk picks him up and just starts smashing him all over. The, I mean, my theater started clapping. I mean, it was... It was, it was a, it was, it was awesome with a capital booyah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doug the movie. Awesome, with a capital booyah. <laughs> All right, so you hear it here. You hear it right out now. Adam is in hard for the Avengers. Anyway, that's going to do it this week for Out Now, Faraday. You can find more of my work on my personal blog site, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com. You can also find me at Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron. Uh, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackspot.com, twoanimalswalrusmoose.blackspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Adam, find more of me and things I know about the movies located at www.everythingyoualwayswantedtoknow.blogspot.com, at moviesmackdown.com, and at twitter.com slash iltwinanarchist. Awesome, man. Uh, 
So, of course, you can find all the episodes out now if they're in a name on iTunes at uh, HHWLED.com, where you can be sure to check out our show, all the episodes there, as well as the other shows on the network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Leave the Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, so many other good shows with a lot of really cool guys that we like being a part of on their network. And, of course, you can... Uh, Find all our the newest episodes and some exclusives on outnow.podomatic.com. You can hear more of my mom and myself talking about a couple other movies there. And you can also email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. You can compliment Adam at pulling off the win with I Still Know What You Did Last Summer and make fun of Abe because why not? <laughs> and of course... <laughs> You can uh, follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, as well as follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. All the shows are constantly posted there. There's plenty of updates and other fun things. And, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Next week we have Battleship. Should be an epic podcast, regardless of whether or not the movie is actually epic in itself. One thing's for sure, someone's Battleship is going to get sunk, and someone better say that line, or else the movie's obviously not going to be that good. So, with all that out of the way, until next time, so long. And goodbye. He's loving vampires. <laughs> <laughs>